everybody, and welcome back to SLS number 10. It's uh, been a minute. We, uh, we, by we, I mean me, um, just got back from Sarasota a couple days ago. I was visiting the grandparents in the great state of Florida. And, uh, yeah, I was uh, gone all last week. Flew back in uh, Friday night. Took a couple of personal days to vacation from the vacation. Because everybody needs Monday. to do that. <laughs> yeah, to, to really decompress. But uh, we're back. We're back in the saddle again. And uh, it was a fun trip. I guess I assumed I would just talk about the quirkiness of the trip and the strange folks that I encountered in uh, the United States' big toe. Which I recently discussed that analogy with someone from Florida, and she said that she's never heard that before, ever. But I'm pretty sure that that's a real thing people say it's oh like it's the toe of the united states did you just have that conversation with like a random person no it's a girl that i work with oh okay. yeah. Okay, yeah but and she's like i've never heard that before ever and i'm like it definitely is like a toe because it like it you know it, it's like a toe that's I how michigan is a mitten so i can a toe. see how that would be a thing but i've never heard it either you really no I've did never i like dream that. that that's a thing he's already like <laughs> Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like, did I have a dream that people called Florida the toe of the United States? That's called, what's that thing on TikTok that people always talk about, like fever dreams, where it's like something that like you're so sure happened, but it well, totally I'm not, didn't. I'm not on TikTok, <laughs> but yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, yeah, well, I, that's so a fever dream. is there a difference between a fever dream and a sick dream? Because I've had no, sick dreams where it's thing. like. No, same thing. It's the same thing. Okay. Because I've yeah. had sick dreams where it's like Alice in Wonderland, and it's just like. Yeah delusional like well my favorite is like when you're like so sure that you have like you have like a memory that happened mm-hmm. when you were like six or seven you try to tell mom about it and you're she's like that never happened yeah. <laughs> you guys don't remember when uncle steve uh pulled me in the closet you don't remember that? yeah and you're like, like thank god what <laughs> oh I'm that's, so a, that's a fever dream yeah or was it <laughs> or was it? <laughs> Let's not. It's too soon to go down that path. Too so. soon to be making pedo jokes, Jude. Too soon to be making pedo jokes. But I'm excited to hear about your stories because I haven't heard much about yeah. your experience. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to tell you too much because I wanted to have those moments, those intimate yeah. moments, on the show. <coughs> so anyway, um, I guess we can talk about. Uh, you know, the trip down was relatively uneventful. Um, had a super early morning flight, so I had to be up. I had to be out of the house by like five thirty or six, which is not early for a lot of people, but for me it is early. Yeah. So uh, Jackson was kind enough to escort me down to the airport um, to drive my car back, so I didn't have to pay for that disgusting airport parking. So we drove down to Lansing, um, and we're taking twenty seven, which is the main road that runs right up the heart of the mitten, all the way to the Mackinac Bridge at the tippy top. We were taking that, and uh, I decided to take Old 27 instead of US 27, which are separate highways, because I assumed that Old 27 would be freshly plowed by that point, because we had just had a massive snowstorm, and I was not only wrong, but wrong in like the worst way that you could be wrong, because not only were the roads bad, but by the time we got onto Old 27 headed south, the southbound lane, each lane going down south had county snowplow trucks in them driving 30 miles an hour old 27 you mean just like the road not the highway like think st john's to dewitt that oh, okay yeah that for sure so the whole time i had already kind of left a little bit late and was kind of going to be pushing mm. it a bit so you're and then sweating and then i had to drive 30 miles an hour for a good 15 <laughs> miles 
behind those snow plow trucks. And thankfully, it actually worked out perfectly because I got there and Lansing Airport's obviously very small and there's not a whole lot going on at six o'clock in the morning. So I got there, I was like, there's one dude in front of me for security, like literally one guy. We both got through really quickly. Um, and I, by the time I got to the gate, they'd like just started the boarding process. So I didn't have to do that, sit on a bench and wait around and like look at your phone for an hour and a half. Looking curious. Exactly, yeah. I didn't have to have that moment. I got to have that later. Because you need that moment. Exactly, but the first time, I didn't have to have it. I don't even know why. Like, you were kidding me. Mom started making up woke terrorist jokes. Oh, well, I make a lot of terrorist jokes when I report to people. That's why not? But I love that the stories have began and you're not even at the airport yet. That's yeah. the best part. Well, we just got there. So then, as I said, there's a snowstorm that morning. So we get onto the plane. And I'm chilling on, like, the tiny little commuter plane because I have to, uh, to change planes in Chicago. So we go from Lansing to Chicago. But before we take off, it's like an hour of them spraying this pinkish, purplish substance all over the plane, which I'm assuming is a de-icing agent. Mm. So lathering it all up in that. And then we get up in the air after waiting on the tarmac for, like, an hour. So we get up in the air, fly to O'Hare, land at O'Hare, get off the plane. and Such again, a big airport. And again, well... And I, the whole time, I don't really know, because obviously you're up in just some airplane that doesn't have Wi-Fi. So, like, I'm not able to check my next flight, my connecting flight. So, like I said, I was on the tarmac for, like, an hour in my connecting flight. I basically had an hour in between when I landed and got on the next plane oh, in Chicago. Okay. So, I landed, and I really wasn't sure if I was going to have, like, a, a flight to Florida. So, I get off, and luckily for me, they just delayed my flight for an hour, but a ton of the other flights had just been, like, grounded, like, canceled. Oh. Okay. So, I got actually really lucky. Um... So, ate a bunch of that Valentine's Day candy that mom <laughs> got for us. And by a bunch, I mean almost all of it. Um, with my mask down in an airport, <coughs> which a lot that of... That kind of ruins the mysterious vibe. Well, a lot of old people gave me some dirty looks. Um, but, you know. I got okay, that, too, boomer. when we were in the airport. But it's like I was literally sitting like 10 to 15 mm-hmm. feet away from everybody. It's like, I don't think I'm killing anyone. Yeah, yeah. Take a deep breath. So then we kind of did the same song and dance in Chicago, and luckily, obviously got up in the air to Chicago and made it down to Florida. It was relatively uneventful. Um, I should also add that for my flight that morning, I didn't go to bed until like 4, and I had to wake up at 5. I'm a man of the night. I was a man of the night. I was out and about town. Except you literally weren't. You were probably just in your room. Yeah, but anyway. So I'd only slept for like an hour, and I kind of did on both flights down, like that weird sleeping upright, breaking your own neck while sleeping in a chair yeah. sleep. Um, so I did that twice. The first flight from Lansing to Chicago was only like 40 minutes, so I couldn't really do that much on that. No. Um, I also had a weird... <laughs> I had a weird mood. You know how you're tired? Sometimes you just get to these like strange head spaces. Yeah. I was I was suddenly craving listening to live music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was. Like so what I was kind. All of it. <laughs> all of it. I listened to just, just hold, let me have this. I listened to like everything from Black Sabbath in the seventies to Jimi Hendrix to Coldplay in Brazil. In a stadium. I thought you were going to say Michelle Branch. No, I I didn't go there. I did have a a day to remember moment, like three or four of those. I listened to a little bit of The Killers. But yeah, I was on a super like spiritual journey listening to live music on a plane by myself on a tarmac. Yeah. So I did that for pretty much the whole day. 
Anyway, but we landed we land in Florida. We're there now. Um and I'm slightly rested by taking like an hour or two nap on a plane. Feeling a little bit better. Doing my best to be jovial and to, you know, be fun with the grandparents, not just be like a dead person in the back of a car. Yeah. Trying to be you're fun. On different energies. Yeah. The vibe is different. On different vibes, exactly. So uh we get back to the the place, um, and I it's all kind of blurry from there, <laughs> but I didn't, I made a point to like not sleep until like a reasonable ish time. Like I wanted to you know, like go to bed at like eight, right? I didn't want to do the nap thing at like four o'clock in the afternoon because then you wake up at like 10 and then you're like, Oh, what's going yeah. on? And everybody hates that. Right. It gets, it gets the trip off to a bad start. So I'm like sitting on a couch. We, we have like something to eat. Uh, I can't remember what we ate. What did we eat that time? I don't think it matters that much. But it does. <laughs> <laughs> but it does, okay? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's a long day. It's the only uh, talk to anybody about plane days, traveling days, they'll just say, It's a long day. Which it is no, it is. And you it don't is. even realize that it's like a day. It's a whole day. But yeah. have you ever seen that thing that like the best feeling in the entire world is getting off of a plane and like the warmth hits your face and you're like <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been there, but I've also had freezing cold weather hit me in the face like a yeah. bunch more times than well, the warm weather. So probably what you were describing when you got home, like you needed some like mental health days. When we got home from Florida, that like depression that sinks in when you land back home, <laughs> like it's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it. Yeah, that's exactly. You're like, I'm not seasonally depressed anymore, and you land in Chicago, and you're like, oh, it's back. <laughs> It starts right back. I yep. can't do it anymore. Meets you at the airport. Good day. But, but anywho, so I'm, I'm, you know, doing the whole song and dance, trying to stay awake, trying to make it not appear that I'm exhausted for whatever reason. I don't know why I was trying to do that. But anyway, so I'm sitting on the the very comfortable couch at the condo, and watching something. I think it's like Death Wish, like the the remake with Bruce Willis, that one. And I am like, oh, I guess I'll just kind of like watch TV while laying down which is a trap. And I, next thing I know, it's three hours later and I've drooled all over this couch. Just, drooled? it's, it's a small pond. Isn't right? it a leather couch though? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, but that's how you know it was good. When you wake up in a puddle of your own fluids, you know, you had a good sleep. Otherwise you would have awoken. <laughs> so, you know, it was deep. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, yeah. Woke up, probably like 9 nine thirty again the thing i was trying to avoid but we were there um watched the rest of that bruce willis movie uh and then i actually went to bed and then i can't really remember what was our next day went to the beach a couple times we went to lido beach um which i think you guys went there we went to yeah. Maria island you had better weather than us we did we had some nice better maybe i can't remember if i've been to venice beach or not but, yeah, we went to Lido, which was nice, and then we went to Anna Maria one day. Um, we went out to the pier. I think it was on the north side of the island, I think. So we went out on this pier, and we had lunch, and there was this old retired guy playing music. I'm assuming he was retired. He might have just been a guide. Who knows? You never know. Maybe he was just wearing a Tommy Bahama shirt. I don't really know. But, anyway, he was playing music, and we had some lunch. Like I said, I got these big old fried jumbo shrimp with uh, fries and ketchup and tartar sauce. I would have so much respect for you if you could recall every meal that you <laughs> ate when you were down there. Okay, well, hold on. Starting, <laughs> I can probably remember like six. 
Okay. Well, I just, you because were really hung up on that one meal. I know. Listen, I it's eating obviously is a huge part of my day. It's it's a really big part of my day. So, um, but anyway, we went to Anna Maria. It was a beautiful day. Um, the sand was amazing. It was like that, like super thin, powdery sand. It's not like the heaven sand. The heaven sand, exactly. No, it's not just like rocks. rocks. But um, anyway, so yeah, we walked out there for a while. Got got sun. Didn't get sunburnt, which was amazing. I like really lathered on the sunscreen, big times. Um, and then we went back and saw um, the bombs. We saw them for a little bit. We hung out there. Uh, a lot of discussion about crypto on the trip. A ton what of discussion that? about cryptocurrency, like Bitcoin and stuff. Oh, you said that, which is so weird. I know. So it was grandparents, uh, great aunt, great uncle, grandparents, friends, all three of them. Just like an ongoing conversation pretty much the whole trip about crypto, which was interesting, but yeah. just not what I was expecting. And Usually, I love all of those people. I know, but like, any so any time that I get like, a, hey, listen, you got to invest in, you know, whatever it is, like Litecoin or something like that. It's like, listen, bro, it's going up. Like It's yeah. it's a guy that's 20. It's yeah. somebody who's 20 years old who's like, I'm in on this thing, and a guy knows, and we were mining it, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, so to hear somebody who's almost 70 talk to you about it was a little bit strange, but, you know, fair enough. I did download Coinbase on my phone. I haven't bought anything yet, but I have the app to purchase some uh, some cryptocurrency. Get it. So, why would I want to buy that? That's so freaking expensive. Well, you can buy. You don't buy a whole Bitcoin. It's not like that. You buy like like tiny, tiny, tiny little chunks of a Bitcoin. Just a little bit. I'm not dropping fifty eight thousand dollars on a Bitcoin right now, Jude. <laughs> that's where it's gonna go. Yeah, that's how you. That's exactly. Not even that. You uh, one one thousandth, one ten thousandth of a bitcoin. That's how it works. You think the people are dropping that much money on fake coins that exist only on the internet? That right there. That's why I think it's stupid. Well, I'm not going to attempt to explain crypto because I'm definitely not an expert on it. But I've had yeah. people who are smarter than me explain it to me, like I'm six, and I was like, oh. And so at least in that <laughs> moment, it made sense to me. Explain to me like I'm four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your mommy and your daddy give you five dollars <laughs> to start a lemonade stand. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Well, I've but. heard it's like the government can't track it, and it's just going in. Mm-hmm. But you know what the funniest thing ever happened? How will you get a hold of that? How do you get a hold of your money? Your cash money if anything happens. The Great Depression, Jude. How are you getting a hold of your bitcoin? How are you How are you getting a hold of your money in a bank if the answer goes up? And then it rocks, so yeah, there you go. But it's um a shoebox. Like you put it in a shoebox, right? Basic sense. Yeah, you don't think the earth goes through a Nike cardboard <laughs> shoebox that you've just stuck in your backyard? <laughs> That's why I get to, okay. But anyway, um I'm trying to trying to recap for this. I'm trying to figure out where I was at. Um so yeah, like I said, we went to those beaches, we went to Lido, we went to Anna Maria Island, saw some beautiful houses. Um we ate on this I think it's called Oak Stone is what it's called. It's like this chain restaurant, but it was up on a roof. It was up on a rooftop. Food wasn't that Bougie. great. I had this like grouper, fried grouper sandwich thing with bacon, and I wasn't a huge fan. Kind of bummed out. I really wanted to enjoy it. I really wanted to branch out. We went to that Mexican restaurant that you guys went to. Oh, yeah. That was pretty good. It was sensational. Yep. And I knew it was good as soon as I walked in because it was at a strip mall, and yep. there was not a whole lot of English being spoken there. Nope. None. And most of the people eating in there were, say it with me now, n- not white. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't white. <laughs> there was not a whole lot of hablo and ingles in there, which, again, is just reassuring. It really is. It's like yeah. if you went into a Chinese restaurant and some dude named Chad with blonde hair is, like, st- 
tossing up the general True. chicken in the back. You're like, okay, this ain't it. And we're Chinese experts. Yeah. <laughs> we eat a lot of the Chinese <laughs> food. Me like it. But it wasn't quite what I was expecting, though. But um, anyway, so we had that. I had Zaxby's, which was like a what big. What did you think? It was a big thing for me because, again, I think I've talked about this. It's like a bucket list thing for me to try all of the different chain fast food restaurants that are like regionally located. I so Zaxby's obviously goals. is kind of a bigger. Well, okay, well, <laughs> it's not the only goal I have, but it's one of them. So Zaxby's. Here's my consensus. I had the just a straight up Zaxby's chicken sandwich with a crinkle cut fries, and I had a Dr Pepper. I was bummed out they didn't have shakes because I was actually looking online like what to get at Zaxby's because I just you know wanted to get something, and they would like apparently some of the branches have shakes, which I really wanted to try to compare oh, against Chick Fil A, but this one didn't have one. So anyway, I got just a straight up sandwich with normal sauce, not the hot sauce, um, and fries, mm-hmm. and it was good. The chicken, mm-hmm. the chicken quality I thought was solid. Like pretty comp, like okay. Let, let's say if Chick Fil A is a ten, right? Chick Fil A is like the the gold standard of fast food fried chicken. Chick Fil A is a ten. I would say the Zaxby's chicken like patty sliver of patty for the sandwich is like an eight. I thought it was pretty solid. The sauce, yeah. I'm not exactly sure how I stand because obviously, again, if the Chick Fil A sauce is a ten, which I it think is. it which it is. I would call the Zaxby's sauce, just like a straight-up Zaxby's sauce, probably probably like a s- probably like a 7. I would say like a 7. Because I, I definitely didn't hate it, and it was something that I hadn't really tasted that flavor before, but I liked it. It was enjoyable. Like, I would definitely try it again. No, I know what you mean. I had it, like, um, I think two years ago when we drove down to Florida. Mm-hmm. You weren't with us, mm-hmm. but I tried it, and the whole time I was like, this isn't right. <laughs> you felt like you were cheating on someone. I can't explain it, but I was like, mm, mm-mm. You weren't a big fan, huh? No. See, I don't know. Maybe I was just really excited about the idea of it, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was, it was nice. The only fast food that's, like, besides McDonald's that we don't have here in Michigan that I was so excited about is In-N-Out. In-N-Out was great. Which is fantastic. It was great. And other great. than that, and, like, obviously when we got Chick-fil-A and stuff, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I wasn't, like, huge on Zaxby's. I had to say it. Yeah, I mean, I would... Again, if if I were to had to choose between like the standard, you know, Taco Bell, McDonald's, BK, something like that, and Zaxby's is there, I would choose Zaxby's almost every time because I think it's like much more quality. It's got like the I don't almost like like diet Chick Fil A. That's kind I of know how it what feels. You mean. Yeah, like diet I just it it felt more genuine. I can't explain it. Yeah, <laughs> fair, <laughs> fair. So I had that. Um. We played that five crowns game a couple times. So fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, and we went to Publix, like the grocery store. Yes. Because I was told that they have they have like a like a very expansive deli and like um well not not just like a deli, like they have, you know, like a subway style sandwich making shop. So the Publix subs is what it is. And okay. I was told that those are very good. So we went there. I got a sub from Publix, and it was pretty good. It was mm-hmm. it was really not bad. No. Definitely higher quality than, like, Subway, which is not saying much because Subway has really fallen off in the last decade. Um, I'm not quite sure if it was as good as Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's is, I think, pretty I, solid. Especially in the past year, I've been a big Jimmy John's gal. Jimmy John's is, is some good stuff. It slaps pretty hard. It's not Jersey Giant, though. That's the issue. Well, thank God we're having this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> because... 
It's the best. We had it at my open house. They catered. Yeah. You yeah. can't go wrong with it. Jersey Giant's amazing. And Absolutely. It's, it's because the of the bread. bread. It's the bread. Because of the bread. If you're going to have a cold cut sub, it's pretty much, I mean, it, it, turkey is turkey, ham is ham, roast beef is roast beef. Like, you know, obviously there are varying levels of quality to that. But, like, as long as you're not pulling it off of an animal that's been dead for a week, like, it's probably going to be fine. Yeah. It's all pretty comparable. It's the bread. It's the bread, and then second, it's the mayo. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's the mayo and the bread. Yep. But let me run this past you. When you think of um, Jersey Giant, the one that we always go to mm-hmm. in DeWitt, did you instantly think of how we would go there after the dentist and just be yeah. eating fluoride? <laughs> so I didn't have that, but I had I had an even better, <laughs> and Dad still makes fun of me <laughs> to, to this day. But uh, So there's the one in Frandor and, uh, in East Lansing. And Caden and I were probably, I don't know, like 10 and 11, maybe something like that, maybe 11 and 12, that, that age range. And we're in there, and the way that Jersey Giant is set up is that it's not like Subway where you're just like, I want this bread, and then I want this on it, this on it. Like, it's not like a make it your own sub. No. It's There are these pre-made, like, private. number one, number two, number three, and then a couple have, like, a name. So I'm submarine. an idiot. I'm still an idiot, but a, a larger idiot at that time. And so we walk in <laughs> Wait, there. Wait, when was this? I still, like I said, I mean, I was probably like 11 or 12. Oh, okay. something like that. Yeah. It was two weeks ago. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> it was two weeks ago. But so we go in there and, uh, you know, dad's like, all right, so what you want. And so I go first <clears throat> and I'm trying to do the subway thing. Oh. <laughs> and I get like 80% of the way through the order and the guy's just looking at me and not doing anything. And then dad goes, it's not like that. <laughs> and we had the moment. But the best part is what he does now is he, like, warps the story into me being, like, Forrest Gump. And he says, the food in the mouth. <laughs> and that's the way that he says it now. So anytime he and I are even near a Jersey Giant, that's what he says to me. Yeah, that so, sounds like So Dad. that's a very cherished memory that I hold for Jersey Giant. But that's your most cherished memory with That's what I have, yeah. Yeah. And, um, oh, I just remembered this. This is the whole trip right here. This is the whole trip. So for whatever reason, at least on Anna Maria Island, there are were a ton of Amish people, a ton of them. Oh yeah, they're everywhere. Absolutely. All right. Maybe I'm the only one that's noticed this, but I think that the only reason anyone would be Amish now is just so you can have an excuse to wear overalls every day. That's it. Are because overalls like a big deal? I don't know. But here's <laughs> what I'm saying: all of the Amish people that I saw were like on cell phone i saw amish people on a powerboat literally on a 25 foot long powerboat in the ocean and i had someone explain to me the different loopholes that amish people can use and it's like well they can't own a car but if you offer them a ride somewhere they'll ride in it with you like that kind of thing so i'm (laughs) guessing god's like it's fine so i'm this is my thought do amish people just go around and be like hey would you like to offer us a ride in your (laughs) car so we can get to where we need to get there was this old Amish man with just the chin, not not a goatee, but like just the, the chin beard mm. flowing out on a flip phone, just texting away with his legs crossed like I am now in a beach chair, chilling. How do you know he was Amish? The overalls? Well, his wife was wearing a bonnet <laughs> <laughs> and a dress. I'm just trying to get and a picture. dress that Ma from Little House on the Prairie would wear. As did all of the women, and all of the boys had the exact same knitted, like, sewn jeans on with overalls and dress shirts. Yeah. And all of their names were Jacob. <laughs> all of them. 
So again, I think that the only reason now why anyone is Amish is so they can wear those clothes. <laughs> because it's just like everyone else living there. But I feel like that's inconvenient because one, especially in Florida, you're going to get really hot. And two, going to the bathroom, that's a lot of clothing to take off. It is a lot to strip down. I will give you that. But again, I don't understand why. But that's just the reality of the situation. Like, I know. I'm just thinking of the episode of Shit's Creek where David goes and lives with the Amish. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, my favorite episode. Isn't it customary for you guys to uh, allow us to have a meal with you? Usually. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm trying really hard right now not to connect with anyone. He's me. Yes, he is you. Yeah. (coughs) No, I noticed that as well when we were down in Florida, that there was a lot of the Amishry. So much Amishry. And maybe it was just, like, I had more time on the way home to notice people. But on the ride home... I should say on the flight home, not the ride home, but on the flight home, there were, I, I literally wrote down all of the different weird things that I encountered. So number one, I literally have it in my notes right here. There was this hipster beard dude, right? Mm. Like think of like standard, not like skinny guy. Think of like Guy Fieri, like I do the craft beer and like I go to places where I spend $28 for personal pizzas that are like made in an open oven that like that guy. Like I wear, I wear, I wear flannel and like kind of weird elf boots every day. That guy, right? He has a supreme mask that covers his face and all of his like triangular beard that goes down to the center of his chest. Like something that maybe someone would wear if they worked in a kitchen. That was what he had. Was it like authentic? Oh, it it was like, I mean, I guess I didn't check it, but it looked like something he probably spent 50 bucks on. Okay. Okay. Second, there was, okay, <clears throat> I'm just, I'm reliving all these as I'm reading them right now. There was, while I was waiting in Chicago to get back on the plane to Lansing, there was this old Mediterranean couple, right? Okay. And, why, and by old, I mean, let, let's call it late 50s, early 60s. Older, older, right? <clears throat> and they are like bougie. Bougie. Like bougie. Like, like they, got some, they got some money. Oh, I'll tell you why. <clears throat> I'll tell you why. So the guy has like the nice like designer tight jeans on, right? Dress shirt tucked in, like mm-hmm. kind of buttoned up just nice, but also has like a little bit of flow, like kind of got it opened up a little bit like he thinks he's like he's feeling himself at Was the airport. He in shape? Thin. I mean, he wasn't like yoked, but like thin. Okay. Again, nice expensive shoes on and he's sitting there wearing a Chanel mask. Okay, but here's the thing. Was it a real one or was it a fake one? Because I don't know. I don't even know I didn't if inspect Chanel it. makes masks. I didn't and if in- they don't, they that's probably cringy. Do. That's probably, they probably do, if we're being honest. I mean, hey, yeah, just give us a little unplug it, Jesus. But, um, yeah, so there was that. And then, oh, and this was the best part of the trip. So as I'm getting on the flight to Lansing, okay. it's like 8 o'clock. It's been a long day. Um, Obviously, it's a travel day. It's a long day. Always. <sighs> I get on the plane, <clears throat> and there were two things. There are two things, and this is where this podcast is going to teeter on the line of things that you can't say, oh but God. we're going to say it. Here we are. So, a little bit of the racism. <laughs> so, I'm just, the first one is just noticing a stereotype that I've seen on most of the flights that I've been on. So, for whatever reason, it seems to me as though our more Nutella-skinned brothers and sisters... <laughs> for whatever reason, are always talking on the phone before the pl- plane takes off. <laughs> Usually not in a hushed tone. Yeah. 
there was a guy and again i mean he's about my size and we're on one of those smaller like i guess it, maybe it's called a commuter flight or whatever but like a tight plane there's two seats on one side of the aisle one on the other and it's super tight yeah. and there's a dude that's about my size and i'm not a petite gentleman <laughs> and we're both crammed in here and he's talking on the phone to his dude his buddy and is just so deep into the slang of the non-whites that oh i can't God. even understand what's being said super loud because you know you're trying to understand i'm like i just don't get it he said muggin like five times in literally mm, 17 words so there was that and the best part was is he broke from speaking to his friend who i'm assuming wasn't white to me to ask me a question in like plain english and then he <laughs> went back to it what did he ask you he goes, hey, what time is the is the plane going to land? And I'm like, oh, well, there's like a time change because we're in Chicago. and We're going to go to like the eastern time zone. So it's going to be at like 930. And he goes, oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. And just seamlessly trans- transitions back into me not knowing what he said like that. I so that's that. stereotype number one. Stereotype number two is the <laughs> like cable TV gay black stewardess that's sassy and has had it with everyone on the oh, plane. Oh, well, she is the best. Though. No, no, he's a man. Oh, He's that a very too. well-groomed, in-shape, tall, gay black man. Tall the, drink of water. A tall, a tall drink of water, right? <laughs> and he, like three separate times while instructing people as to where they can put their bag, did the whole... Hold on, I'm going to try to do this. <clears throat> I'm going to try to do a gay black stewardess impression in the microphone right racist no i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it good evening ladies and gentlemen thank you for flying american um my name is fill in the blank uh if you have your carry-on items that you cannot fit into the overhead bin um we would now ask that you put them underneath the seat in front of you that is not on your lap that is not under the seat that you are sitting on that is under the seat in front of you and he said that four separate times are they supposed to? Well, they... But... <laughs> here's what I'm saying. You just... Everyone that's been on a plane has been on a plane. Yeah. Everyone knows the drill. And obviously, there's a couple things that, that happen on a plane that everybody knows, right? Rule number one, they're super big on the seatbelts. Because maybe you get in a plane accident in the sky and seatbelts save lives. So you got to have the seatbelt on. And the oxygen. And the children. The <laughs> yes, Jude. That's the, the, that's, that's the joke, Jude. But second, obviously, they don't really care about – they have to do the the oxygen mask thing. Nobody pays attention to those. That's no. a given. The other part is they really are big on the devices at takeoff because apparently if you're on your device at takeoff, it could mean the plane explodes. So you Which can't have that. I always what? dance in the water. Yeah, of course, obviously. Everyone does. <laughs> Everyone just is, like, waiting for gay black stewardess to, like, walk next to them and, like, hides it underneath their coat and is, like, doing one of these numbers, and then you can pull Smiling. it out if they want. <laughs> I don't have one. <laughs> I, I think I saw someone up there that has their phone out, sir. They're, they're playing Temple Run, too. <laughs> so you have that moment. And then, <laughs> and then yeah, I mean, and then the, the really big one is you can't be going to the bathroom within an hour and a half of landing. Really? Because they're like, sir, sir, we're going to be landing in at least two hours, so we're going to really need you to pick up the pace with your bowel movements in, <laughs> in the restroom. So they do that a lot. But 
other than that, um, yeah, flight went well. I took a bunch of Dramamine, so I didn't... Uh, That's what I want to talk about, is we both get sick on planes. I well, was just curious if you did. Uh, no, I, actually, I was fine, actually. I did, I did very well. I took a Dramamine, because last time you was on a plane... I did some of that throwing <coughs> up, and it was nasty. Did you have a bag at least? I had a bag, thank God. But it wasn't even like there was one at every seat. Like, I had to, like, go to the seat ahead of me and be like, I need that. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, how you doing? Um, I'm going to projectile vomit. I was wondering if I could have your bag of peanuts. No, but it was such a blessing because we like we took off and I immediately knew this isn't happening. <laughs> this ain't it. It was because it was one of those small flights from Lansing to Chicago. And then it was as soon as we landed that I was like, I need a bag. And luckily, like when a plane is landing, it's super loud. So no one can hear me. <laughs> just like I mean, you can hear me. Yeah, they got off the okay. plane. No, and then the worst part was it was such a short flight that it wasn't even like they like came around the aisle and was like, mm-hmm. does anyone have any trash? So I just had to carry a small <laughs> sack of my vomit <laughs> through the airport. See, what you should have done is when you're getting actually off the plane and there's like that small opening, you <laughs> just dropped it down. <laughs> just like, oh, there you go. It slips out. When the, what is it, the pilot's standing. Yeah. And like, bye. Just Thank you for flying it. with us. <laughs> and you can either hand it to them or just <laughs> drop it outside the plane. Have a great day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed the flight. Thank you. <laughs> but what you have to do is when you're walking onto the bridge, you know there's a gap. Mm-hmm. You have to jump up and That's what I'm saying. Top. That's what I'm saying. That's what I was referencing. You got to, like, drop it out of there. <laughs> yeah, drop it, like, mm-hmm. down, but mm-hmm. you put it on top. Put it on top? You have to get up there. Yeah, well, they just wouldn't know. But, um, but yeah, okay, well, here's my – was it like a <laughs> – was it like a – or was it like this? It was. <laughs> I'll go into detail. You okay. know I'm not shy. Yeah. It wasn't like there was a ton of like substance to it because I hadn't really eaten anything, but it was just a lot of gagging with like some some liquid. You just uh, threw up some acid, huh? I really did. It didn't feel good. Okay. Well, honestly though, if we're being if we're being real, throwing up nothing is a hell of a lot better than throwing up something. And I've thrown up a lot of somethings in my life. Okay. What's the worst thing that you've thrown up? Peanut butter. Peanut butter, <laughs> really? <laughs> I had that ready. You really had that ready. I threw up peanut I would have thought like pasta. Sink. I've also thrown up pasta. <laughs> and you're like pulling out like spaghetti out of your throat like, I oh, know, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like that? No. I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. the worst. The last time I threw up, I threw up mac and cheese. Mm. But at least I it's not stringy. True. I <laughs> I have had experiences with food, as probably many people have, where you just can't really eat that anymore, right? Yeah. So I don't know if you have anything. Uh, maybe it's peanut butter. I'm not. Do you still eat peanut butter? Peanut butter's fine? Yeah. Okay. So we're fine. I'm uh, glad that it didn't I'm kill it for you. I'm a tough gal. You're powering through. But when I was in like 11th or 12th grade, I got in trouble. Um, well, that's... the. How I how I got in trouble? Okay, (laughs) well, so in so no, it must have been in twelfth grade because I had AP English because it was Mr. Sackler's class. Sackler, so he and I would you know butt heads passive aggressively for like most of the semester for I don't even know why. Long story short, he was why why? (laughs) because he's so full of himself. Well, there is there is that too, but. It was my first hour class, and I am 
chronically a couple minutes late to everything in life. So, you know, at least as far as high school goes, that doesn't really fly. Turns out in the real world, it's kind of fine because everybody is. But in high school, that don't fly. So I would always come in, not always, at least once a week, I would come into class a couple minutes late. He and he up. would never mark me tardy, but he would always make a point to be like, not even like a fun poke fun, like, haha, you're late. But, like, draw attention to it and, like, try to humiliate me for being late. Mm. And so, eventually, we were deep enough into the semester where I was, like, you know what? Because <laughs> I was coming in late and I was, like, you know what? This guy sucks. So, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go down to the assistant principal's office, who I know and, like, we like each other. And I'm going to ask him to give me a detention <laughs> to spite him. <laughs> right? Okay. So, I walk myself down to uh, Mr. Horrock's office. And he's Great like, hey, guy. I was like, hey, what's up? How you doing? And I was like, I'm good. Listen, <laughs> I need you to give me a detention. He goes, what for? And I'm like, I'm late to first hour all the time. And sack writer never marks me late. And he always makes comments. So like, I need you just to give me a detention. And he goes, well, he's like, I've never had someone ask for detention before. But um, he's like, do you want to just like help out a teacher after school or something like that? <laughs> so anyway, I like beyond me giving myself a detention, I went to Mrs. Simon's class. And I was who's helping. Who's one of our favorites? Who's a super cool lady? Yeah. Super cool lady. That would have been great. Oh, that would have been fantastic. But anyway, I was helping her out, like, uh, s- like it was like sort something because she was the volunteer. Anatomy. Oh, yeah. Well, the yeah, she was also the anatomy club, teacher, but like yeah. whatever the Killwins or something like that. So like she Kill always just kind of had wins. like, <laughs> yeah, she was always like having a so s- like stuff to do, things you know to She's put together, things to staple, whatever. So I was helping her out with that after cl- after school for like a half hour, 45 minutes, something like that. And for doing it, she gave me this giant like 150 count thing of Tootsie Rolls. Oh, my like God. A little baby Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> and I remember it was in the springs and the Big Ten men's basketball tournament was on. Because like I was watching, I don't even know, like some random game. Because those games happen like they, they start on like Wednesday and they run through like Sunday. So, you know, it'd be like a weekday at like three o'clock in the afternoon. You have a game on. So I took that, I went home, I was sitting on the couch, and I ate probably, like, no joke, between 50 and 60 Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> Which I can't even <laughs> imagine. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. But I ate, like, literally 50 or 60 Tootsie Rolls. And that's not an over-exaggeration at all. And you didn't expect that's that that, that t- was going to end really badly. I didn't throw up. I didn't get sick. <laughs> But, like, I literally had eaten so many <laughs> that my body was like, don't ever eat one of these again. We don't know what this strange brown gelatinous, like, semi-solid is, but don't put any more of it in me. And that's what it was. So, long story short, I can't eat Tootsie Rolls anymore. I feel like that says something about you because I don't know many people <laughs> who are going to eat 50 or 60 Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> I was eating them like potato <laughs> chips. I was watching basketball for, like, several hours, and just, like, every, like, I don't know, minute and a half, I was like, oh, Tootsie Roll. <laughs> I just do that. Wait, were they yeah. the little ones? Were the, yeah, they weren't, like, like, a foot <laughs> long. It was, I didn't eat eight pounds of Tootsie. I mean, I probably ate, like, three pounds, but I didn't eat eight pounds of Tootsie Roll. That's hilarious. Yeah. Do you remember back at M&M's that you do it all the time with The big ones? Yeah, like, yeah. the big ones, but not the mega ones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I ate two bags of M&M's, two bags of those. Yeah. One. Yeah. I couldn't eat an M and M for like a week after that. The whole <laughs> Just week. Just a week. <laughs> at the eight day mark, I ate a big bag. <laughs> but. Next question. I came back to that. 
Yeah, yeah, we, uh, but anyway, that's, um, that was my trip. It was a good time. I really Sounds enjoyed like the great state time. of Florida. And the best part was everybody was super chill about masks. Nobody really cared. I know. It was like, you know, yeah. like you walk into a restaurant, wear a mask, get to the table, take it off. There's nobody like wearing them walking down the street. There's nobody wearing them at the beach. There's nobody doing any of that stuff. There wasn't even <sighs> people who wore them like when you get up to go to the bathroom or a restaurant. Yeah, no, no. Like, like respect. I know. Respect. It's way more relaxed. Florida's kicking COVID's ass. So I was I was all Agreed. about it. I was all about it. So, but yeah, anywho, um, should we actually like talk about maybe a couple of topics of discussion and then <laughs> go ahead? Well, we're 40 minutes in and we've talked about we gay black men and vomit. We so. 40 minutes in. Um, all right. Well, the the big one that I want to talk about right now is the Gina Carano situation, which I know that you've you just watched like the yeah. The um, I kind of knew about it, and then I just watched the interview that she did with Shapiro. Yes. Well, I I watched that one. Um, and maybe see. Can you pull up like um the the actual? I think it was an Instagram post that she was like the the quote last straw. Oh, it, got it her was a Twitter. Was it Twitter? Was it Twitter? Twitter yeah. Well, I'll explain. I'll explain. So. Yeah, see if you can find it, and then we'll just read it verbatim for what she what she asked. Okay. So for those who are unaware of who Gina Carano is, Gina Carano is a former um, women's MMA champ. Um, she really was one of the first, I guess, kind of pioneers of, of women's MMA. She was, I think, active pretty much from like 2006 to 2009-ish, somewhere in there. But she was very good. Um, she's very pretty. She's extremely successful, and she kind of like paved the way for like Ronda Rousey, and Ronda Rousey obviously kind of ushered in like the real big boom of women's MMA um, to kind of where it is today with, like, Amanda Nunes being the champ champ and stuff. Um, but anyway, she played uh, Cara Dune on the Mandalorian series, which is, you know, Star Wars on Disney+. Plus. Um, and she is – I don't even necessarily know if she's a conservative. Like, I kind of think that she is. But in the things that even she would post, it would, like – guess kind of alluded to the fact that she would be a little bit more conservative but not um, even necessarily that like more yeah. so just not full-blown hollywood woke i guess yeah, would be the best way of explaining that called up called out some of the hypocrisy yeah kind of like stuff like that which yeah. there are plenty of people that aren't trump supporters or aren't republicans that think a lot of the stuff going on right now is ridiculous but did you find it you have it with you yeah i found it i mean she does tend to be more right-leaning which she's yes I, I would agree yeah. i would agree that she's more right-leaning which is good yeah, so the tweet, it's a picture of Nazi Germany, mm-hmm. Jews running in the streets, and it says, Jews were beaten in the streets not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children. Because histri- history is edited, most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighborhoods hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? Okay. So... A couple things for mine. Thing number one, I think it's kind of ridiculous that that's viewed as a fireable offense. Now, it is worth noting that there were things in the months prior that she had either tweeted or, like, adjusted on social media that people were upset about. But Yeah. And again, they went into detail about those in Shapiro. There yes, was one about and, and transgender thing, and then there was another one about voter fraud. Yes. So, and... A lot of the things that she shared were things that millions of other people had either felt or, you know, things that I had seen all over my feeds as well. Like nothing – it wasn't anything crazy. It wasn't like no. a ridiculous – like she was looking through KKK forums on Reddit and was like, oh, look at this. Here's one. Cool. It wasn't, it wasn't stuff like that. So 
first of all, I think it's definitely worth saying that people love to play up the Hitler-Nazi Germany comparison yeah. for, like, anything that furthers their agenda. Like, on both sides. Like, people on the right do it, people on the left do it. I mean, it was, like, five years of Trump is literally Hitler for a lot of, like, the the really crazy overboard anti-Trump people. There's a ton of that, which was ridiculous. For sure. Um, they talked about Pedro Pascal, who actually plays Mando and was, like, in Narcos and stuff, but... He had, in 2018, he was talking about, you know, the, the migrant kids in cages and how that's just like the Holocaust and the ghettos and the Holocaust and stuff like that, which obviously is also not an apt comparison because they systematically killed all those kids. For sure. So, I think that it's worth noting that maybe everybody should just, like, pump the brakes on the Holocaust comparison mm -hmm. because the Holocaust was the Holocaust and we haven't really seen anything like that on that scale since the Holocaust. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. Um, I mean, there's some stuff going on in China right now that... The world kind of conveniently doesn't look at, but yeah, let's talk about beyond that. that. Beyond that, we'll we'll come back to that at, a, at another day. But what was really interesting to me was that people immediately, and and I, I don't know if the outrage for a lot of people was genuine because a lot of people immediately went to like, oh, this is an anti-Semitic post. This is something where yeah. you're like attacking my Jewish heritage. And you're attacking, like, Ariel Hawani, who's one of the uh, MMA reporters for ESPN, mm -hmm. who's, like, basically the main MMA reporter. Um, he has, like, a show for them and everything. He immediately was, like, es essentially was, like, on the on the defensive, like, felt like he'd been targeted and blah, 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 blah. And, like, all of the blue check marks at, at ESPN were, like, defending him and, like, you know what? I, and it's, like, dude, like, it obviously with what she's saying is, is not in any way going after the jewish people she's essentially yeah. just saying that demonizing people for their political views is just not a good thing to do it's no, not good to, sure. to hate someone for the way that they view something or like whatever else so but obviously sh in making that post it led to disney well it led to twitter outrage selective twitter outrage which led to disney making the move which allegedly they had been kind of trying to make to let her go and using and citing that and quote like I, I think that they put out a statement saying that her views were abhorrent which yeah. is obviously stupid and anybody that ha can think critically at all would look at that and be like okay maybe maybe it's like a little bit edgier than it should be or something like that but that's not ab abhorrent I, I just mm -hmm. that's, that's a crazy word to say abhorrent abhorrent when you're about to graduate college I know it's a weird word but but anywho it's super stupid <laughs> but I think the i don't know if i should say the dangerous but the strange thing that i think is going to be growing and i think is the only way that this can go is that you are seeing in her transition to working with the daily wire people now is that all of these people who are like supposedly canceled right it's like you have a couple of options option one is you can just decide that i'm gonna like fight the system and be like no screw you guys like i'm gonna keep living my life and doing my own thing which still is gonna if you are a Hollywood type person going to mean that you're excluded from a lot of projects, if not all of the projects, because people don't want to touch you because they view you as being bad for business. Yeah. Um, or what you can do is you can just lay low for like a couple of years and hopefully people just kind of forget about it. Yeah. And that's really the only option. So she obviously is going on the offensive and she's like all in, like these people suck and I'm just going to work for these people over here. But what I worry is going to happen is that as things get, kind of split more and more down partisan political lines is that we're going to almost have like conservative media, conservative movies, music, all that kind of stuff. And then like 
liberal progressive movies media and it's gonna like this is gonna split the culture kind of down the middle which is not not how it's supposed to be it's not what we want yeah like in an ideal world it's kind of like you know you go to the movies i'm not really looking for your political pandering either way Mm -hmm. like i don't need it to be about like the globalists like i don't need it to be about that and i also don't need it to be about like i don't know like whatever like the progressive social justice talking point is of the day like i also don't need that like i would just like to go watch a movie that's good i would just like to listen to music that's good i would like to and i think that's the other thing everyone feels that way anybody Mm -hmm. that's like really looking for like what movie is out right now that reinforces my political beliefs like who out nobody's doing that yeah i mean maybe like your nra loving red-blooded republican grandparents are or like some woman with purple hair that is a pottery major in college is trying to find that but like that's about it yeah. so i i don't really know how to reshape the incentive structures to make this not the case anymore because what you saw with the the hashtag cancel or fire gina carano whatever that happened yeah. was a couple of days later there was this big push to like cancel disney plus because all the people that are on the political right were like oh well like you guys are trying to cancel gina carano and she's kind of like us well then we're not going to watch disney plus anymore Mm -hmm. and it's just going to keep driving this stupid divide further and further and and uh so yeah i guess i don't really know where it goes i'm not sure how to fix that problem i mean i think it's obviously a symptom of social media and it's a symptom of in my opinion companies putting way 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 too much stock into the opinions of in the grand scheme of things, not a very large number of people on Twitter. Because, I mean, again, I think it's like 3% of Americans are on Twitter. Which is ridiculous. Or something like that. And it's like a small fraction of those people are like the people that are upset and are trying to... Again, I've said this before. The people that are on Twitter in America are famous people, politicians, and college kids. And that's about it. Agreed. I mean, how many... Are your parents on Twitter? Mm-hmm. I mean, are you on Twitter? Like, think about, I, I don't know anybody that's like, oh, well, like, I tweeted this one thing this, you know, yesterday, and, like, blah, 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 and it was getting a lot of traction. Like, it's not, y- you don't actually have a genuine social circle. It's not like, oh, these are, like, all my friends from high school, and it's like my mom's over here, like, mm-hmm. at, you know, Kristen, blah, 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 blah. It's like, no. It's just, like, some people that kind of rally around you or, you know, you have some shared interests with, and you gang up on people. And that's just, like, what Twitter is. For sure. It's I just mean, this I stupid void. It's gotten political, like, everything. I think that's why media and movies and everyone's getting canceled, because everything is so overly politicized. Everything. To the point where it doesn't need to be that way. And I do, I see the situation with what happened with Gina, and I feel like I'm glad that she's stepping up, because I do think it's really stupid that if you have a differing opinion than what is socially acceptable then you need to be like canceled it's so stupid i hate that word even yeah but um like i think that everyone should be able to speak freely but i agree it's just gonna continue to drive the wedge well and even like what you just said it's like i I think that if you ask almost anyone like if you showed them that statement like or the the post that she made i think everyone you know there might be some people that disagree with the the statement or be like i think you're kind of like you know drawing maybe playing up the victim card a little bit too much something like that but like almost everyone that would read that would be like oh like i don't think you should be fired from your job for that like that seems like that's a little bit ridiculous and i mean even what you said because she did say um in her interview with shapiro and i agree with her in this is that not everything that's like even sort of remotely bad needs to be brought back to the holocaust like it's mm-hmm. kind of dramatic and she even said it's kind of disrespectful yeah. and i agree with that yeah you know so 
I can see where people were maybe feeling that it's a bit dramatic, but like you said, the her um co star did the exact same thing two years mm-hmm. before and it was great. You yeah. know, he was not fired for well, it. Well and again, I mean he's on the right side of the, the woke yeah, discussion. Sure. You know, and it's just it's you know, different times. It's I guess at least in my lifetime as I've been paying attention, a lot of the larger media outlets and I can almost say a kind of the culture has been left of center and it's safer to err on the side of being left of center. Um, you know, for whatever reason. I guess I I don't Well that's I where the money is, you know ish but i mean you know companies in general are just they're risk averse they don't want to overexpose themselves they don't want to you know draw unnecessary attention they just want to sell you their product right that's that's all that they want to do and what's happening right now and and i actually was listening to shapiro's show today and i think he actually talked about it like a week ago too but there was some study that i think it was a harvard harvard business school did where they had this focus group and they had three hypothetical companies Company number one was politically neutral. Company number two was uh, like leaned left, like was liberal. And then company number three was like leaned right conservative. Yeah. And for neutral and for liberal, there weren't, you know, everybody, you know, everybody for like neutrals, like, oh, like, I don't feel one way or another about this. And people for the left leaning one were like, oh, again, like whatever, it's just a company. But it was like a 33% drop in favorability for the conservative company. Yeah. And and so and obviously that's not like conservative people are like oh well, like you know I feel differently about this now it's it's people that are left of center going after things that are right wing, for sure. And I just don't get that like you know I again I am I lean right and I'm libertarian in a lot of ways but there's nothing that I like a, a company would probably have to be like running a pedof- a pedophile ring for me to be like oh I guess I'm not going to shop there anymore. Second keto <laughs> reference. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah, but like you know, it's like you would have to do some really, really atrocious, disgusting things. And I mean, almost all the companies that we like, everybody shops to, like Amazon or Nike or Apple or whatever. I mean, they're all connected to like disgusting, horrible people. So it's like this never-ending selective outrage about like you know what we're gonna decide to penalize by boycott. What do you think about um, the Mike Lindell thing? All the companies dropping him because he supported Trump. I guess I don't know the specific details of why they're supposedly dropping him, but I mean, well, I mean, they could stop doing business with him. I mean, yeah, but he, he's the my pillow dude. He's um, the my pillow. I'm like, I the patented pill. The patented pill. The patented pill. I don't know all of the details of it, but I know that that's basically the reason <coughs> yeah. down to it, um, which I think is, I just think that that's really stupid that that's happening. Yeah. I, don't, I think politics need to be left out of more things. Well, What's interesting is is that it used to be that at least the saying was is that businesses just wanted to completely separate themselves from politics like at all costs. Yeah. Like Michael Jordan, his quote is saying, you know, because he's a, he's a Democrat, he's like a, a big time progressive dude, and he's all about like Republicans buy shoes too. Yeah. That's like his big thing is quoted as saying, right? And he's right. I mean, half of his market are people that are going to, you know, be voting red. Well, I mean, I guess as far as like inner city people that play basketball maybe not super heavily conservative but like you mm-hmm. get what i'm saying everybody everybody wears shoes you don't want to alienate that part of the market but it seems like that's at least in the last handful of years shifted because there's a stuff going on with coke right now where coke is doing the whole robin d'angelo um unconscious bias training and all the kind of stuff and it's oh, like yeah the closer that you can be to the woke left and i, I hate saying the word woke it's 
so overused, but Agreed. I guess that's the best way to explain it right now. The closer that you can be to that, it's almost like companies feel they're insulating themselves from criticism from that. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's a couple. It's it's, hiding, it's, it's that, know. it's that, but it's also on a liability front. Because if somebody brings forth a discrimination case to Coke, they can say, oh, well, look, we paid this woman to come in and explain to all of our white people that they're racist and to not do that. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're doing our best to not be discriminatory here. And then the judge is kind of like, oh, yeah, fair enough. So it's like paying this woman to come into your company and explain why everybody's inherently bad that has a certain amount of melanin in their skin (laughs) and then that's like their way of insulating themselves (laughs) from racist the literal definition but yeah (laughs) that's i mean i you know my experience on robin d'angelo and that whole thing but but yeah it's just i don't know It, it almost seems to me like almost like how markets work and that people just perceive i mean it's just it's perceived behavior like that's why people buy or sell stock you're not really often enough buying or selling stock based upon the company or the the product or whatever it is. It's like, are more people going to buy this? Do people think that this is going to do well? Or do people think that this is going to do poorly, in which case you should sell? Stuff yeah. like that, right? Or you should avoid it. And it almost seems like that's how companies are kind of just conducting their, their PR campaigns. And that again, they know, so long as we err on the side of being liberal, that the conservatives aren't going to be pissed off enough to boycott us. Whereas if we lean right at all, there is going to be a certain section of the left, which is going to, you know, stir up stuff online and, you know, accusations of blah, 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 whatever. And they're going to find a way or a reason to try to boycott your product. Mm-hmm. So again, I just, I, wild. I don't know how to fix that issue, but that's what's going on. Well, I mean, I think I can say this and most of the country would agree with me, which is ironic is that like the biggest flaw in our country right now is the divide amongst yeah. all of us yeah, you I'd know so. and we're not doing many things to help that but it's pretty obvious that you know it might get to the point one day where you see what movies agree with your political opinions or you support the companies that support your political opinions when i don't think that's ever what this country was intended to be yeah well obviously i'm a big proponent of chick-fil-a love chick-fil-a <laughs> but what's interesting is that they're of they the got more hate for years. Well, they still do. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, like, they're of the progressive friends that I have or the progressive people that I work with or what have you, it's like, <laughs> I, you know, I work next to Chick-fil-A. So, like, from time to time, I'm like, ooh, like, after my shift, I'm going to go grab, like, some Chick-fil-A, you know, or something. And, like, I've said it around certain people, and they always are just all like, oh, you, you eat Chick-fil-A? Like, they kind of give you that whole, like, yeah. well, did you know that they invest, like, $10,000 a year to to christian gay camps and i'm like okay like i i think it's weird that like that happens and that's kind of a weird outdated thing to do to like the pray the gay away thing but like all right like is that ending the world i mean yeah mcdonald's pays asian kids 18 cents an hour to like produce mcdonald's products like i don't know what you want like i feel like maybe there's shadier things going on with bigger companies and and that's that's the thing is with any company almost i mean almost any company there's some that are very ethical and legit but like with almost any company especially broad multinational corporations that are so heavily invested and diversified in so many different things and are like in with different governments to try to get these things done and x y and z you can look for whatever you want to like criticize it's just like it's there it's it's, do you want to dig and find it and most of the time it's like oh well they changed their logo to a rainbow in gay pride month so like okay it's fine yeah like hey 
they're on our team. Sure. Like that kind of thing. Like, oh, they made their they made they did the the black box thing on their tr- and like. Yeah. No, so. I think it's like, like the hmm. old. Which way is the only like absolute joke is the math. Like they don't have a math problem. Mm. I do math. Yeah, they do. I do math. Yeah. Well, it's. Wait, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the math. Trust me, I know. Everybody does <laughs> math. Oh, a mascot. Oh, a mascot. A oh. mascot. I think you said mask on. Oh, I'm a mascot. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess Taco Bell doesn't really have one. Chick-fil-A, yeah, I guess they don't have one. McDonald's has Ronald's. BK has the King. Arby, well, Arby, Arby's doesn't have one. No. Arby's just has the cowboy hat. And James Earl Jones. Arby's. The Colonel. We have the meat. Yeah, James Earl Jones. That's right. No, but I agree with what you're saying. If you're looking for the negative, you're going to find the negative. You're going to find it. And that you're gonna find goes it for a company, a celebrity, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. But anyway, yeah, that was, I guess that was the, the main controversy. And we are like, what, we're like an hour and 20 right now, is that what I'm saying? Um, exactly an hour. Exactly an hour? Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Well, we should probably do a little bit of sports talk, which if you want to go watch Thousand Pound Sisters, I won't fault you. No, it's already 20 minutes into it. I it's need to too start deep, huh? from the beginning. Too deep, then? Okay, fair enough. All right, well, I'll try to, uh, I guess, briefly recap some of the sports that have been missed in the last uh, week or two. Um, you shouldn't keep leaning back in your chair and making the letters creak. Uh, I'm sorry, you got to squeeze the chair. Well, why are you? Alright. There we go. There we go. Alright, so first of all, um, obviously going back uh, to not this past weekend, but the weekend before was uh, the Kamaru Usman Gilbert Burns fight. Um, that was a third round TKO um, via essentially jab by um, Kamaru Usman. Um, and though I was not able to present my opinion on that fight, which was a bummer, um, I definitely was leaning towards Kamaru Usman because I, I really think that if he were to fight Prime GSP, who is regarded as, you know, numero uno goat of at least the welterweight division, I really think that he would beat Prime GSP. And now, obviously, that gets into this discussion, and I really don't like the GOAT discussion because there are differences between eras, and guys in the future pull from the former GOATs, and they develop themselves, and they become better off of the shoulders of those guys. But Kamaru Usman is an extremely diverse fighter. He really doesn't have a hole in his game. He's got great power. He's extremely explosive, extremely athletic. He's got a fantastic gas tank, um, extremely high-level wrestling. I mean, he won the belt out-wrestling Tyron Woodley for five rounds, which no one has ever done. Um, and obviously kind of started the, the downfall of, of Tyron Woodley in that fight. But I just don't see anyone currently in the welterweight division that's going to be really that much of an issue. I think that potentially a rematch with Colby, given that Colby's been the most competitive fight that he's had while being the champ, um, would be definitely something that I would love to watch. I think it'd be extremely entertaining, as was their first fight. Um and it's definitely worth noting in that fight, too, going into the fifth round when Kamaru got the finish, it was it was 2-2. I mean, it was two rounds to two rounds. Um, but you look down the welterweight division from here, and I don't – I just don't see anybody that's that big of an issue. I, I think that Masvidal, who I love, three Jesus, three-piece in a soda, I mean, he's fantastic. He's obviously got fantastic stand-up. He does not get taken down very often, but – 
I think that if we watched a rematch between the two of them, it would be pretty much the same result. I don't think that Masvidal having a full camp would make that big of a difference because Usman's got a great chin. He does have very solid stand-up, and I think it's pretty much just going to be the clinch game. You're going to push him up against the fence, keep doing the stomps, keep you know working towards throwing elbows into the inside of his legs, stuff like that. And I just I don't see a way that Masvidal is really going to win. I mean, maybe he can just you know land a perfect head kick and he can stumble and then knock him out or something like that. I mean, I'm not putting that past Masvidal, but I'm saying a significant majority of the time that Kamaru Usman wins that fight. Um, he already beat Leon Edwards. Like I said, he already beats, uh, obviously, he's beaten Burns. He's beaten Colby. Um, I mean, potentially Hamzat. You know, if Hamzat can get healthy from COVID and win a couple of fights, I think that'd be a very interesting one to watch. But that's obviously a lot of ifs. That's like 18 months in the future at least. Um, so as of right now, I just I don't really know who's left in that division for him to fight. He said before that he doesn't want to fight Stylebender at 185. Because he would prefer to have, you know, two Nigerians holding belts instead of, you know, one holding two, which I think is cool. Um, that'd be a very fun fight to watch. But also, I think that the move to 85 would be weird because he's not, he's a jacked welterweight, but he's not necessarily like a super big welterweight. Like, if I had to guess, I would say that he probably walks around at something like 205, maybe 200, 205, somewhere in there um, before the cut as opposed to, you know, a number of middleweights that walk around more at, like, 215, sometimes to 220. Um, and obviously, you know, Stylebender's not a super thick dude, but it's just he's a lot bigger than Kamaru Usman. He's obviously got the reach advantage, and, and I think that that probably would not go very well for him. Um, but of the two fights that are remaining that I think would be the most interesting, um, number one, obviously, is, is a potential fight with GSP, which to me just makes more sense. I think the GSP making the cut to 55 at an older age after taking several years off would be difficult. I don't think that's something he couldn't do, but I think him making the cut to 55 to fight Khabib doesn't make nearly as much sense as him fighting Kamaru Usman at 70, who is currently kind of in the process of knocking on the door for his GOAT status in the welterweight division. Um, and then the other one that makes the most sense to me would be potentially a fight with like Wonder Boy, even though Wonder Boy is kind of not really in title contention necessarily right now. I think that Wonder Boy would need to get a win over one of the real top five ish guys in the division. I think, um, you know, again, beating a Masvidal, beating a Leon Edwards, beating a, a Colby, somebody like that would, you know, give credence to getting another title shot. Um, but yeah, not a ton to be made. I mean, if he wants to make money, pursue the Masvidal rematch for sure. I mean, that dude prints pay-per-view tickets. Um, and I would watch it. I would watch the hell out of it. I'd, any Anything that Street Jesus is there for, I'm watching it. I won't even illegally stream it. I'll actually pay for that one. Um, but yeah, the welterweight division's kind of kind of beat up. He's kind of worked the whole division for about a couple, three or four years now. Which good for him. Um, and then moving on to this past weekend with the uh, Curtis Blades Derek Lewis fight. Um, I, if I really had to bet the farm on somebody, it was definitely going to be on Curtis Blades in this fight. And I don't understand fully what the game plan was from him and his corner because the only way, the only, only, only way that Derek Lewis can win the fight is on the feet. You know, Derek's 
not a necessarily a bad wrestler, but he's not great. Doesn't have a great gas tank. Um, is not a, like an extremely explosive, quick dude. Um, but he's got nukes in his hands. You know, he's got absolute just atom bombs. He's gonna set off on your temple and gonna put you to sleep. So the way to nullify that is doing what Curtis Blades does best in the in the division as the ground and pound dude, and just shoot takedowns and control him. Just get you know dirty it up, make it boring. You know, make it not a super entertaining fight, but just grind him out. Just take down, top control, ride it out, gas him out, and then he's just going to be this winded, sweaty, black beast of Derek Lewis that's going to be doing what he can to survive. And th- he didn't do that. I don't, I didn't even know if he attempted a single takedown, and obviously the fight only went about a round and a half, but he stood in front of him the whole time, and he gave Derek Lewis an opportunity to catch him, and he caught him, and he flatlined Curtis Blades. I mean, rigor mortis, stiff it like a board, boom. And that's what you get. I mean, that's that's the danger of Derek Lewis. I mean, he did it to Volkov. He did it to Curtis Blades. Um, I mean, he's that's his weapon. And so I, I don't understand what the coaching or what the mentality was behind that, that we're just going to stand in front and we're going to give him the opportunity to win. But um, I think that more so Curtis Blades lost that fight than Derek Lewis won it. I think that if you gave Curtis Blades the opportunity and his team to to go back and look at this and then run it back in like six weeks and they could kind of formulate a little bit more, I don't even know, like <laughs> coherent game plan, something that actually makes sense, that plays to the strength of the fighter, I think that Curtis Blades would win this fight pretty handily. Um, but it's not how it goes. It's not, you know, that's the beauty of, of MMA, especially, is that, you know, anybody can win on any given night, and Derek Lewis made it happen. So, uh, congrats to him. Everybody loves Derek Lewis, myself included. I'm, I'm happy to see him get the dub. And, uh, you know, it'll teach Curtis Blades or whoever else to talk trash about Popeye's chicken. Because, uh, Curtis, or not Curtis Blades, Derek Lewis is going to let you know. Um, and then we'll kick it over to, I guess, the big football news. Um, obviously, the, the really big football news, the big trade that I haven't yet addressed on the show is the Carson Wentz move. Um, the Eagles trade Carson Wentz to the Colts for, I think it's a second this year and like a future third. Um, I think it's a conditional third. Um, I think that, I mean, obviously, you never really know who wins a trade until a couple years down the line. But Carson Wentz, to me, I don't think is broken. I know that there's a lot of consensus that you know and understandably so his time with the eagles his last season and a half with the eagles has been extremely shaky uh he's not been the same quarterback that's uh essentially got them to the super bowl and allowed nick Foles to win it uh of three years ago but he still just has way too much talent i mean he's a big dude great mobility <coughs> huge arm we've watched We've watched him produce at a high level in the league. It's not like you have 16 games where you ball out of your mind and almost win an MVP and then you fall off a cliff and can't do it anymore. I mean, that's a pretty uncommon thing. I mean, maybe the only other comparison you could draw that to, at least in the modern NFL, would be Cam, um, which Cam's decline was more steady than the Carson Wentz decline. And I think also in large part was due to I think in part a mental barrier and also in part not having a ton of weapons around him in Carolina. Um, I mean, it, even when you look at the 15-1 and team and, and the MVP year and the Super Bowl run, like, they didn't really have a ton. I mean, it was pretty much Cam Newton doing Cam Newton stuff, and that was the reason why they were as successful as they were. 
Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of Cam Newton, you know, scrambling and some designed runs and sweeps and drag routes, stuff like that. I mean, not anything that really requires an insane amount of, of skill players. Um, and so they made that work. But I think that being reunited with Frank Reich should help him. I think that not having a Nick Foles or a Jalen Hurts breathing down your neck on the bench waiting to get their opportunity to go in, knowing that this team is going to be yours, at least for, I would assume, a full season, <clears throat> is is going to hopefully really boost his confidence, I guess hopefully as far as <laughs> the Indianapolis Colts go. Um, and I think that it will. The Colts ha- are a fantastic organization. They have a great defense. They have a very effective running game. They've got some young receivers like Michael Pittman who can really ball. Um, and I think that he's going to do well. Um, I think that they are going to be a legitimate contender in the AFC next year, and I, I think that the future is very bright for both Carson Wentz and for the Colts. Um, but could be completely wrong, and it's very possible that they just paid a lot of money to get a quarterback who truly is mentally broken, who doesn't have the confidence to play at a high level anymore. Um, but I guess only time will tell. And if he is the Carson Wentz that I think a lot of people believe that he can still be, giving away a second and a conditional third in the future for that guy who's going to be your franchise quarterback for the next eight to ten years is obviously a slam dunk win. So uh, it's going to be a fun 2021. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens in the AFC South with, uh, you know, the rise of the Colts and the already currently sitting and established Tennessee Titans with Tannehill and uh, – I'm trying to say Mike Vrabel and those guys, Derrick Henry. So I think the AFC South is going to be a very fun division to watch next year. And then into today's news, <coughs> um, I guess probably on this Tuesday, the biggest headline that we have available is that the Panthers are clearing out a bunch of cap space. I think it's currently at like $41 million worth of cap space for next year, which is the fifth most in the NFL. Um, assumedly so to pursue Deshaun Watson. Now, as of right now, which today is – Monday, February 22nd, uh, the Texans are still keeping up the front that they have no interest in trading Deshaun Watson. Now, that makes sense. It makes sense that that's something that you would do because the minute that you actually determine that Carter, you, you make the statement or you start shopping him and put him on the trade block, it reduces his value. Um, when you are just stuck in your ways and it's kind of thought that maybe it's something you're interested in doing, you force teams to just kind of drown you in riches until eventually you're like, okay, fine, we can't pass up this offer. Um, so I'm assuming that if the Panthers were going to make a move to get Deshaun Watson, that they are going, and not just the Panthers, anyone, but they're going to need to give up like three to four first-round picks and some significant players. Now, I think in the long run, given that Deshaun Watson is only, I think he's 25 right now, um, and it's as talented as he is and is going to I mean the addition of Deshaun Watson on your team is probably worth three or four wins on its own um, let alone if you were to extend that over the course of the next 10 to 12 years um, so I think that that you make that trade in a heartbeat I mean if it's if it's four ones and let's call it I don't know an O-lineman and like I don't know Curtis Samuel or somebody like that like yeah you just do it I mean, it's it sucks in the intermediate, or I mean, in, excuse me, in the immediate, but it's you have to do it. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is not your dude. You still have McCaffrey, who's got a number of good years left. I mean, if you don't have a franchise quarterback in the NFL, like a legitimate franchise quarterback, then you don't have anything. 
quarterback game, quarterbacks and offensive lines. That's what this whole thing comes down to in the NFL especially. So if you can lock up a guy like Deshaun Watson, you can make the trade and you can sign him to a significant extension and keep him locked up and keep him the Carolina Panther for, you know, several years to come, then yeah, 100%. If you're Matt Rule, if you're the Panthers front office, that's your top priority. You make that trade 10 days out of 10. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be an exciting offseason. I'm hoping that we start to see some of these bigger quarterback trades. I know that there's rumors in San Fran that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be waiving his no-trade clause to potentially go elsewhere, um, which, you know, Stafford's already gone. Wentz is already gone now. Um, potentially, I guess you could maybe see the Niners trying to make a play for maybe a Matt Ryan or someone like that. Um, but if it were me which it's not, but if I'm John Lynch or if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I'm willing to give up picks and like a, I'd probably give up like a Nick Bosa to go get Deshaun Watson. Because again, absolute franchise stud who, if he keeps performing at the level he's performing, is going to be a future Hall of Famer. If you couple him with Kyle Shanahan, who is arguably the best young offensive minded coach in the league. I mean, it's, basically him and Sean McVay in the division that you're in with Russell Wilson with again Sean McVay and now Matthew Stafford and Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury you need to have a significant threat at quarterback I mean they've got obviously great pieces all over the field they've got you know currently Nick Boza they've got Solomon they've got um, you know Richard Sherman like they've got dudes on defense that can play on offense, you've got uh, you know you've got Debo and you've got George Kittle and you've got that whole slew of running backs and you've got a good offensive line. Like you have a lot of pieces, but without the quarterback to actually make that thing run, or without a quarterback that can't stay healthy, i.e. Jimmy Garoppolo, you need to make that move. And and having a great franchise quarterback, it really cements you as being a legitimate contender for years to come. I mean, having a guy like Deshaun Watson, who by all accounts is probably a top five NFL quarterback at the age of 25. I mean, what is he going to be at 28? Is he going to be, is it going to be him and Mahomes? I mean, obviously Rodgers is kind of maybe he's got three or four years left. Who knows how long Tom Brady's playing for? Maybe another 20 years. Um, you know, Russell Wilson is obviously getting a little bit older, but still is playing great football. I mean, a guy like Deshaun Watson is going to be absolute primo quarterback real estate. So whoever can make a move, I don't really know if there is a price that's too high. I don't know if there's a price that's too high to pay for him. And I get if Houston wants to retain him, but it just seems like he has zero interest in being a Houston Texan anymore. So, mm. Anywho, that's our sports talk for tonight. That's uh, probably enough. What are we at right now, Grace? We're at 118. 118. That's reasonable. That's not too crazy. It's a little bit longer than we try to go. but It's fair. No, no we'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in again. Uh Again, apologize for the absence. Uh, we're going to try to do another one this week, um, either on Wednesday or Thursday, so stay tuned. We appreciate your viewership and your support. Um, make sure to follow us on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, make sure to follow us on Instagram. Underscore sloth. Yep, uh, we'll be in the description. We'll have it down there. Um, you can be our Instagram buddies, and we'll start uh, throwing up some of that video content real soon here. So All of it. We appreciate you again. Thank you so much, and uh, take care. Deuces.